0: Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Hello! And welcome to the second-to-last episode of Story Boot Camp. This is episode number nine, I think. Uh, And in episode number ten, I'm going to review all the stuff we've done and then, like, give you a hint as to what you can do for self-edits before you get your story to me, where I'm going to edit it for you for free up to 5,000 words um, until whenever I shut it down. As of right now, it's open-ended. So... If you're like, Kristen, you've been missing for, like, a week and a half, I would tell you that. So, two exciting things happened. The first is, like, not as exciting, but I turned 37 uh, this little, yeah, this week, technically, and... Um, I was really excited to be able to celebrate not just with my immediate family, but Travis's aunt is here. And also my dad and my brother and sister-in-law and niece are here because my brother just moved down the street from me, which is insane and amazing. And so we've been like, yeah, helping him. <laughs> I've been like on Facebook Marketplace scouring for different kinds of furniture because he basically doesn't really have any. But if you're like, Hey, Kristen, what did Travis get you for your birthday? Well, if you're listening, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to be amazed. But if you're watching, I'm actually going to show you. So, this is what I got. And if you're listening, I am holding a Mondo vinyl posable figure of the Iron Giant, and he came with all these different things, like different faces. He has the car with Hogarth in it. And uh, if you keep tuning in, eventually on my magwell behind me, you're going to see a mount with him holding Hogarth in the car, like he's giving him a ride. So he's amazing. Like he he can be posed. My favorite part is his middle. I love it. And then this comes off. He has a little Superman shield because, you know, uh, and then it goes magna on there because you are who you choose to be, right? Right, little little amazing Iron Giant friend. So I'm just gonna put him whoop, back there until his uh, mount comes, where he's going to be flying on my wall like, amazing. Maybe I'll take off my Iron Giant paper art and put that somewhere else for a little bit while I have him there, but we'll see how I'm feeling. And uh, so today is the last day. We're gonna get to the conclusion of our short story. And I just wanna thank you for coming along on this journey with me so far. I am really uh, excited to get to the conclusion of Joelle's story, Alone in Nashville at Christmas. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Alone in Nashville at Christmas, part three. Joelle sat in an awkward half circle on a cement bench neck uh, in between Harry and DeAndre as Chad, Matt, and Wilson sat on the other bench. Ugh. Oh. I'm just, I can't read. But there's definitely a typo in here. There's definitely a typo in the first sentence that I need to edit. See, that's why I read it aloud. I'm reading it aloud to you right now. Uh, Okay. Joelle sat in an awkward half circle on a cement bench in between Harry and DeAndre as Chad, Matt, and Wilson, who sat on the bench across from them, thoroughly questioned Joelle about this Ethan guy. Joelle poked her mac and cheese, chasing it around inside of her container with a plastic fork while neglecting to actually eat any. "'That's going to get cold,' Wilson said. Pink-orange liquid dripping from his cheek to his chin, he grabbed a napkin and eliminated the string sauce. "'You should eat it now.' "'I'm nervous. "'I know it's stupid because Henry already told me "'how cool it is that I don't care, "'but now that you're, like, real people with names,' Real guys with names. I feel weird. What if Christy was here? Would you feel weird eating in front of her? Matt knew Christy, as it turned out. It was a small world, or campus, after all. No, but she's Christy. I've known her for years, Joelle said. What about when you first met her? Henry said in between, stringing almost escaped coleslaw into his mouth. I guess not. But you weren't worried about trying to win her over? Oh, because you weren't worried about trying to win her over? Now it was DeAndre's turn. Uh, dude, take a bite, Henry added. I guess not, Joelle said as she silently stacked the yellow noodles onto her fork and put them in her mouth and chewed, pensively. They were getting cold. I mean, I didn't know she was pan at first, but I'm also straight, so... So you're just scared of anyone you might be sexually attracted to at some point? Chad was the blunt one, apparently. Isn't that super stressful? Yes, I hate it, if I'm being honest. I wish I could be more like Christy. She knows who she is, and she's super confident. And I still don't know who I am yet or what I want to be. I'm a communications major, so I can choose from a ton of stuff, but... It's normal to think about this stuff, but maybe you're thinking about it too much, DeAndre said. Oh, I lost my place. Ah, That's this awkward singing when I lose my place. Okay, I got it again. Yeah, because when you aren't thinking about what other people think, you can do normal things like eat your food. Henry pointed down to Joelle's container, which was almost empty now. Listen, guys aren't mysterious creatures, and we definitely don't think about all of this stuff as much as you do. But you noticed how I was eating my sandwich, Joelle countered. She has a point, Wilson said. Because the fork-only girl, because Amanda made me think about it. I hadn't thought of it before, Henry said. I just thought she would like the food because it tastes good. But she didn't care about taste as much as appearance, apparently. I think we are all saying that you should just try not to think so much and maybe forget about Ethan. If he hasn't noticed how cool or cute you are, it's his loss. Matt shoved a giant bite of cornbread into his mouth. But also, maybe you freaked him out by trying too hard, Chad said. "'Dude!' Henry said. She needed to hear it. Chad looked at Henry before taking another bite of his chicken strip. "'Yeah, I guess I did,' Joelle said. "'But now what? I'm going to spend Christmas alone because I cared too much? That kind of sucks.' And suddenly, without wanting them to come, tears pooled at the bottoms of Joelle's eyes. "'Oh no, she's going to cry,' DeAndre said. "'Do something, Henry.' "'It's fine, Dre. Let her cry if she needs to. It will make her feel better. That's what my mom always says.' Henry is the sensitive one, Chad said. Are all guys this nice? Joelle asked as, she, as a tear escaped. Definitely not, Matt said. <coughs> Excuse me. But I'm friends with Christy, and as far as I know, she doesn't hang out with jerks, which means she definitely wouldn't room with one. Ethan is a loser. Probably. <laughs> And you don't have to be alone on Christmas, Wilson said. We're headed to my house tonight. My parents are local. We were all going to shove into Henry's car, but DeAndre can drive too. I'm sure my mom wouldn't mind one extra person. And these losers can sleep on the floor in the basement, so you can have the guest bed. I already called it, Chad said. Joelle froze. That sounded both wonderful and terrifying at the same time. That's super nice, but I'm not sure... Henry held out a freshly napkined hand. Give me your phone and I'll put my number. I'll put in my number. We're leaving around seven. You have until then to think about it. Wilson's parents are awesome, though, just so you know. Okay, Joelle said. Their kindness had managed to damn any further tears from escaping. Okay, so now we have a line break, which you can use to indicate a new scene, which I'm doing here because this is a short story. Line breaks are great. You can also use actual visual elements in order to show a scene break, uh, which are tiny little pictures, and I'm sure you've seen them in books. But a line break is the simplest way to tell the reader that something has happened. I don't need to put four hours later or anything like that. They're going to figure it out on their own and because it's not complicated, and I'm only following one character, Okay. When they had all finished lunch, they walked around the park, making sure to take a group selfie in front of the Parthenon that Matt could send to Christy. Then, the guys walked Joelle back to her building. Let me know what you think later, okay? Henry was the only one that followed her to her door. Okay, thanks. I'm so glad I met you guys. Thank you for for saving me from a historically awful day. Joelle slid her hair behind her ear before attempting to put her key in the door, but then she dropped her keys. I want to I, I always make my characters clumsy. Oh, Maria's in the chat, you guys. Yay. I'm reading the end of The Alone in Nashville at Christmas, Maria, just in case you're wondering what's happening. Uh, so I just like to make my characters clumsy. I feel like it makes them realistic. Also, I myself am extremely clumsy. So, I was just like, yeah, I'll just make her drop her keys. Uh, ugh. Joelle was tempted to mentally berate herself for being so clumsy, but she thought about what Matt had said. She wasn't going to overthink this. Here, let me. Henry grabbed her keys with the hand that wasn't holding his Vanderbilt beanie and handed them to her. See you around, Joelle. Bye, Henry. And with that, she went into her room and found an onslaught of questions on her phone from Christy about the group photo Matt had sent. Okay, and then there's another line break because it's a new scene, and that's the easiest way to do it. It was 6.22 p.m. when a knock scared Joelle. She hadn't been expecting Henry until 6.45. When she opened the door, though, emotion caught in her throat. What are you doing here? Christy texted us this morning, and we just hopped in the car to come get you. She didn't give us the details, but she didn't want you to be alone on Christmas. Gertie, Joelle's mother, opened both arms as Joelle slammed into her. "'It looks like you are already packing, though,' Andy, Joelle's father, said. "'Well, some friends were going to take me home, so I wouldn't have to be by myself,' Joelle said, tears streaming down her face. "'Oh, dear, maybe we should have called first. Gertie said. "'No way! I would so much rather be with you on Christmas,' Joelle said. "'I was just too embarrassed to call, and I didn't want you to have to drive all of this way.' Joelle did some mental calculations in her head, and now we won't even get into champagne until after midnight. I am so sorry I ruined your Christmas Eve. It's no problem. You can catch us up on everything that happened this semester on the way home, Andy said, but you should probably let your friends know you're not going with them. Joelle was tempted to go down the rabbit hole of what Henry and the guys would think of her, but once again she thought of what Matt had said and decided not to overthink it and picked up her smartphone. Hi, Henry. Never mind what I said earlier. My mom and dad drove out to surprise me. Yeah, Christy called them. I'll see you guys after break. Tell Wilson's family thanks for me. Joelle smiled as Andy pulled her and Gertie in for a group hug. The end! So... I mean, there's a lot of different things here. Obviously, like there's like one sentence of telling where it's like they'd all finish lunch. And I was like, I'm going to let myself get away with that one because I need to kind of skip ahead a little bit because I was running out of words as I was getting to the end. And that might happen to you, too, because short stories are like that. But remember, the idea is to share one big moment full of emotion and for joelle you can see that she's deciding that she's not going to overthink everything anymore which i don't know how many people overthink things like as severely as i do but i've definitely had like a few moments in my life where i'm like i need to stop doing this and i kind of wish that like i had had a conversation with uh guys like this maybe not in nashville but uh, in real life where they're like, listen, we're not some kind of uh, mystical creatures. We're normal, like we, but you're thinking way too much. And there's this song by Reliant K that's from the early 2000s called Overthinking. Maybe it's even from the 90s. Uh, And I remember loving that song so much, but not like understanding that I should probably stop overthinking. And so I wanted to marry all those things together in the story, which I was inspired to write when I was in Nashville with Travis for our quarantine moon, as I keep calling it. And if you'll notice, you can kind of go back and I'm going to post the link to the story when I post it online in front of everybody. But I tried to get all the really important things in which are emotional details that are fueled by different types of um, different types of visual or not different types of imagery, right? Like there's smells, there's things she sees, there's things that they feel like when she slams into her mom. I love that moment. And then I also, of course, was very careful to have inclusion, which you can tell from the names. And we have Christy, who's a pansexual character, who I just love her. Maybe I'll, she'll get her own uh, short story. But she's awesome. And so we have all these different elements. We have the complicated feelings she's having. We have Henry, who's like... I mean, uh, when you're reading the story, you're like, is she going to end up with Henry? Because that would be so cool. But I didn't want to end it that way. I wanted it to end with like the family kind of love that we share and also her realizing that, you know, part of the problem is me and if you're like, well, Kristen, she didn't even mention Ethan, this guy who ditched her at the end of the story. I would say, yeah, I did that intentionally because I don't want her thinking about Ethan at the end of the story because then she's not learning from all this craziness that she's put herself through. So that was intentional. Uh I had a blast writing the story. I hope that as you go forward and you write the end of your short story, that you will have as much fun, that you will be able to get the ending you want. Because remember, I told you at the beginning of this fictional series where we're like, okay, we're doing three chunks of short story, that you needed to have an end in mind before you started writing And now you're gonna execute it, and it's gonna feel so good. And then in the next episode, we're going to go over self edits, and we're also going to go over publishing options for putting your story out there, whether it's on your own website, whether it's on Medium, whether it's on Wattpad, we'll talk about all those different options. And I'm gonna give you a live link for my short story where you can go read it, and I'm not gonna tell you which platform slash platforms I'm going to publish it on, because I haven't really decided yet Uh, But I know I'm going to publish it. I know I'm going to link it up and send it out as like a Merry Christmas in my newsletter because it's a Christmas story. And I'm going to be able to interact with readers that way and to kind of show them, look, this is this. And also, I'm going to be able to lead them into story boot camp where you already are because you're ahead. And you're going to get some story boot camp buddies. And we're all going to work through this together. And I'm going to help you execute your stories. And I cannot wait to see what you come up with. This has been, like I said, so much fun for me, and uh, as I'm getting ready to ho- to transition into five books in five weeks, so crazy, uh, I'm going to start podcasting about that, and I'm also going to do some YouTube videos about that. I was hoping that my Relio lights would come, but it's just been crazy, obviously, with COVID, and they are shipping them all the way from Italy, so the lighting is going to be subpar, I'll just admit that to you. But uh, I hope you'll bear with me because I don't want to miss recording the insanity that I'm about to put myself through. And uh, it should be interesting. It should be fun. I'm really excited about these stories. I'm excited about your stories. And on that note, I will end it by reminding you, my wonderful listener slash watcher, that it is never too late to write the story of your heart. And I will talk to you next time. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristin.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.